Welcome to the iSmart Podcast Show with Tom Rogers, founder and CEO of iSmart Networks. We help connect entrepreneurs with key partnerships to build financial freedom. The average millionaire has seven streams of income, and our guests reveal how they created multiple streams in their businesses. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around for the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you could be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily transformational podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Thanks for joining iSmart Podcast. On the show today, we have Courtney Lachance. She is the co-founder of Leisure of NYC, uh, which is a seven-year-old brand. Uh, and it's basically a high-end luxury basics brand. Leisure has been featured on Refinery29, worked with some pretty major hotels like Nobu, Beverly Hills Hotel, and uh, also Peninsula Tokyo Hotels, which is pretty exciting. So I'm really stoked to have Courtney on board. Thanks so much, Courtney, for joining the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so um, let's go ahead and get into it. You know, I know that you're um, about a seven-year-old brand, so you've, you've been around the block, right? And being something like, you know, um, clothing lines is very, very challenging to get into. So I kind of want to get a bit of your background. Where are you originally from? I grew up all over the Midwest. Um, both of my parents were actually musicians, so we traveled around a lot, but mostly Nebraska. Um, I was there for about eight years um, before I moved out to LA for college. Okay, cool. So, you, so were your parents like? I guess they worked for themselves as musicians, or did they like work for other other companies? Yeah, my mom played in the Denver Orchestra for a while. My dad um, kind of had different jobs, and then ended up being a college professor. Um, so that's what landed us in Nebraska. <laughs> nice. So not yeah. really like a lot of entrepreneurship as far as like business ownership, like much in the family. No. Okay. And so you, so did they encourage you to just kind of, you know, get a degree and like go to school and, and do all that good stuff? Definitely. Um, I mean, my whole family's in education, so it was kind of off the table to not go to college. Um, and I, thankfully I also got a free ride because my dad worked at a college. So I was like, I can't yeah. give that up. <laughs> um, right. so I, so yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't ever really talked about to not go. Um, but yeah, no, no one was in business or entrepreneur. Um, and I think that's kind of something that drove me is because my parents, um, being musicians were always on the lower end of income. And I think that was like, I don't want to be paycheck to paycheck when I grow up. So I'm going to, yeah, you saw the struggle. For gotta sure. work it. Yeah. Yeah. What did you go to college for in LA? I went for fashion marketing. Marketing. Yep. Love it. And so did you kind of, did you end up finishing there and getting like a marketing degree or something like that or what? Yes, I did. So I, I graduated, um, in a, with a fashion marketing degree, but it was technically business. Um, so I really liked it. It kind of covered all areas, fashion, but also accounting and economics and all of the good stuff. So did you kind of, uh, did that get you exposed to the whole entrepreneurial kind of way? I guess being in LA, of course, there's a lot of startups. Um, but wh wh when was your first exposure, I guess? Honestly, it didn't really expose me to startups or entrepreneurship at all. Um, I, I'm trying to think of my first experience with like a startup or honestly just being in a community with friends who are starting their own businesses, I think was the main Rolling and clubs. only. 
and yeah. meet all these like super rich people and be like, Hey, what do you do? Like, Oh, I'm an entrepreneur. Like, like, but really like, what do you do? Like, <laughs> yeah, I wish. Um, yeah, no, most, I mean, some of my friends from college had started their own businesses. So I have one really good friend that, um, I continue to meet up with who's an entrepreneur, but I didn't really get that experience in college. It was mostly just marketing and advertising and, um, internships in that realm. Right. Okay. Um, so, so I guess when was the whole vision then you, you, you kind of got exposed through your friends and just meeting people mm-hmm. around and being like, okay, like what do these people do? And, and then you got exposed to entrepreneurship and then what was like the, you know, moment where you're like, all right, you know, this is something I want to do. I'm something I'm going to pursue. What was, what was that? Look, what did that look like? Yeah, it was funny. When I graduated, I really had a passion to be in an advertising agency. Mm -hmm. Um, That was kind of like the big thing when I graduated and their work culture was so fun and cool. It was very enticing. And so that was my goal. And I did get into one and I just kind of saw how many hours they work, how much little pay it is. And I was like, I can do this for the rest of my life and I'll have no life or I can get out now. Um, So I really realized that early on. But I had no desire to start my own business ever until um, my brother called me one day and he was like, hey, there's a company that sells clothes in hotels in Europe. Like no one does it here. Let's do it. And I was like, okay, sure. Like why not? He he was the, he was the instigator. He was the the instigator. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I was, I've always kind of loved the idea of working for myself. And I always kind of wanted that in the end, I was like, that'd be great to set my own hours if I want to be a mom someday or something, you know? Um, so, but I just never had an idea. Like I'm not, I'm not the idea person. I'm the like do it person. So once my brother had the idea for me, I was like, all right, let's run with it. Like, why not? We have nothing to lose. Yeah, so. I was reading a book last night. It's funny you talk about that. Cause there's, there's essentially two types of people out there there are the um, visionaries and then there's the executives, right? Like the visionaries are like, I have this great idea and I have no idea how to do it, but it's a great Mm -hmm. idea and I think we should do it. And then the executives are like, that's a good idea. I think it's a good idea. This is how we do it and Mm -hmm. get it done. And like one can't live without the other. And when you have that combination, you know, that's basically how, you know, amazing things are created. So that's fantastic. You're like the get her done kind of individual. Yeah. It's really amazing. <laughs> yep. No, it's true. You have, you have to have both. So. Awesome. So he, so seven years ago, he was like, Hey, this is, this is going to be fantastic. Let's go ahead and make it happen. And then did you put like the logistics and kind of like how we, or how you guys do that? Or like, well, how did it start from there? Yeah. The process after that was very long and tedious. We, we knew we didn't want to just turn over merchandise as in like, we knew we just didn't want to buy merchandise online and put logos on it with hotels. And we knew we wanted our own line because there wasn't anything out there that we loved. There wasn't a t-shirt at J crew. I really loved. And I was like, we can do it better. And I know we can do it better. Um, but with that said, we both didn't really have experience in manufacturing and that's, that was a three year process and it was a very hard process. Um, we got screwed over because we didn't know, you know, we didn't know that we didn't pay up front, you know, it's just like, just stuff you just don't know. Um, and so we, yeah, we went from manufacturer to manufacturer. We had a really hard time finding one that we trust and we, we really liked and, um, that really listened and valued our opinions and what we wanted and not did what they wanted in the end. Um, we had a manufacturer like lie to us about U.S. based manufacturers as well. 
I'm sorry. Are these all US based manufacturers? Are these like manufacturers yes. in China? We all US based. It was all pretty much here in the LA area. Um, we also, that was kind of something we really wanted in the beginning was to not go overseas. Um, that was kind of a pull to, to our luxury end of our products. Yeah. Um, all luxuries made in USA. I mean, not all luxury, but the majority of like things that are luxury are definitely kind of USA made. You know, you don't buy cheap things in the USA and that's not what we're usually known for. Right. Um, so you, so you finally found a manufacturer mm-hmm. and then, you know, they started making the products and then how was like the first initial um, like launch once you got your product line, you got your clothes, you got everything's all there. You got your website done initially. Like, what was your first major success? Um, I think the first major one was getting into Beverly Hills Hotel. I had that was kind of like my dream. Beverly Hills Hotel is part of Dorchester Collection, and they um, are just a very luxury based boutique hotel collection. They have hotels in Paris and all over the world. Mm-hmm. And I think especially for being in LA, that's kind of more of like the well-known luxury um, hotel. Um, so that was probably my our first success. But I do have to say like we didn't just find a manufacturer. Like we, we, we've evolved our products through the years. Um, like our first manufacturer we were working with went bankrupt. And so then we had to find another one. And so it wasn't just like this one launch that was like perfect for us. It was kind of like evolving through two or three years. So definitely. Yeah. I mean, so it's not, it's not a very easy thing to do. You know, like a lot of these clothing brands are been around for decades, you know, yeah. getting it super challenging to not only like find, have them create exactly what you want, but then like the consistency and all these different aspects of it, the profit margins, like everything is not, yeah, it's, it's definitely, there's nothing easy about a startup. You know, what is it? Elon Musk said, you know, start doing a startup is like, um, chew is like waking up every single day, chewing on, on glass and staring into the abyss. You know? Yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> like you just, you just don't want to, you don't want to do it. It's, it's, there's no fun piece about it. Like it's all yeah. like a lot of glamour around entrepreneurship because, you know, people are like filming the, you know, the 1% of the entrepreneurs out there mm-hmm. that are, that have this like crazy amount of success. Right. But the majority of entrepreneurs, you know, are not, are not like that. Right. So I think that's, it's gotta be, you know, realized that, you know, when you're doing any kind of startup, it doesn't really matter whether it's, you know, a clothing line or, you know, some kind of service-based business, you know, it's going to be challenging, very, very challenging the first two, three years where, you know, you'll invest all your money, all your time, all your effort, most likely not make any money in return <laughs> and then to be yeah. happy doing it. And then eventually, hopefully one day, you know, this is why yeah. um, delusional optimism, I think is so important <laughs> in, yeah. in, um, in entrepreneurship because, you know, it's like, if you're not optimistic, like you'll just, you're not passionate about it. If you don't just like love to do it, like, or you find purpose in doing it, you know, like and if it's only money, it's just not really going to, you know, it's not really going to work out because I mean, money will come and go sometimes, you know, so it's, yeah. but when, when you have a powerful impact like this, like a U.S. based company, high-end luxury products, you know, um, and you have a, like, and there, I know there's a lot of pieces of sustainability that you want mm-hmm. as well. Can you speak about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, that's kind of been one part that we weren't aware of either. I, I, I mean, I did have a fabrics class in college and I learned a lot about fabrics and that's actually where, um, we had watched a video about organic cotton and non-organic cotton and just seeing how many people die in the fields from just the toxins of the chemicals that it, that they, the pesticides that they spray on the crops. I was just like almost in tears. I was like, 
if I ever use this someday, like I'm never, ever going to use conventional cotton. Um, but I, but that wasn't really in the back of my head when we were manufacturing. I just knew I wanted natural, um, fabrics and we went with cotton and just kind of through the years, I've learned a lot about sustainability, just being in my manufacturer, watching them, seeing our sewers, um, and polyester has just become such this like huge fabric it's in yoga pants it's everywhere and um just kind of like researching more and more what it is and it's essentially plastic and then researching what that does to our bodies and um i just in 2018 was like we're never going to use polyester just from what what i researched about it and so it's just kind of evolved through the years um we've always used natural fabrics but it just has gotten better and better and now we use um compostable mailers for our online um, shoppers and um, hopefully when our tape runs out we're going to get tape that is disposable you know stuff like that so it's just always evolving Um, and you'll I mean any sustainable business owner will say that it's not like one day you're just sustainable it's such a process and even having compostable mailers like that wasn't a thing a year ago so um, Yeah, it's something that we really care about, but we're also not perfect at it. Um, yeah, it's never evolving process. I mean, that's a very powerful thing, uh, and people underestimate the power associated with being sustainable. We all know the trillions of dollars that is being leveraged globally into sustainability, eco-friendly products. This whole, I mean, whether you believe in global warming or not. You should bring, mm-hmm. you should believe in a trillion dollar stimulus package. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's all that really matters. Like at the end of the day. Yeah. So it's like, if you understand that, then you can understand, okay, there's a ton of, you know, attention and value associated with being mm-hmm. a sustainable business. And, you know, when you're so, when you're like that, you end up getting these accounts like Beverly Hills, like these other top 0.01% accounts, because you fit the bill, you know, it's like you match it. Um, and these other products just don't, you know, they'll go to Walmart yeah. and they should stay at Walmart, you know, yeah. and at the end of the day, like that's it being, it's going to take more effort and it'll be more expensive, but mm-hmm. you know, people that understand, you know, the direction of the world that we're going right now are mm-hmm. going to believe, believe it and they're going to go behind it. And then, you know, but the profit margins are incredible anyway, you know, it's like worth it. It's right. like, would I rather, so what my first business was like a car wash business and I had an option. People are always like, well, I can pay $3 down the street and get like a drive through. And I'm like, yeah, if you want like 412 missed spots, you know, like right. all over your, all over your Rolls Royce, you know, like, so, I mean, they just, people high end don't do that. And you know I mean? We'll make a hundred dollars yeah. an hour doing car washing. And, but the thing is, so it's like, I would, you, I, in my mind, I was like, would I rather have, you know, uh, do like a hundred car washes a week, busting my, you know, like mm-hmm. hands dirty and everything, or do like 20 car washes a week and make more money, work less, you know, clients are always right. happy. So there's like, there's like a give and take, there's both worlds, right? Obviously we do need the cheaper fabrics out there. You know, I mean, that's important, but you know, there's a lot of companies, all large companies that can do that. Whereas, you know, doing what you guys are doing is, is kind of special and it's, and, and people really, really appreciate it. I know I appreciate it. And a lot of our listeners do as well. So, um, so that's fantastic. And we also have all seen that probably movie or documentary where they talk about all these um, clothing brands that like where they pay, you know, 
what, like a seven dollars a week for people to like make their clothing brand. You know, you know, like, yeah. you see that? I forget yeah. the movie it was called, but that was like crazy. Was I was true like, true cost? Was it true cost? <laughs> or maybe it was greed. I think it was like greed. Okay. Yeah, it was, okay. like this, it was like this guy, and he and he basically was this billionaire, and he started this clothing line, and then you know he was just a big, you know, he was a jerk, and then you know at the end there were just like you know all these you know uh, third world countries are you know these 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 like sweatshops that are making these clothes yeah. for these high end brands, they're paying yeah. nothing, you know, and they're 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 pumping out luxury brands you know um and it's just it's just it's just really sad to see like how people are treated um and the materials that people are paying for and it like and i think a lot of companies aren't being transparent about that like you know like the whole thing that's going on sephora right now with um cosmetics you know like people mm -hmm. aren't i mean makeup is like a whole nother industry right like it's a whole nother right. thing it's very similar but you know it's like very bad products you know very bad stuff for your skin you know, mm -hmm. all those different things. And, you know, there's got to be more, I think there's gonna be more awareness and, uh, yes. and, and more, yeah. more, more documentaries, more videos about these different things like bad mm -hmm. fabric man yeah. manufacturers, probably like Louis Vuitton or like these yeah. very well-known brands that are just doing things that are just not good for the environment and not good for people. Um, and all those things. So, uh, did you want to go into that a little bit more anymore? Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I think a lot of people don't know that polyester is plastic. And I think that's kind of become a thing in the last two years. Um, and there's been studies that have come out that two out of three fish in the ocean have microfibers in their stomach. So like when we eat fish, we're essentially eating plastic. And it's just like, people don't know. And um, it's true. I think it's got to come from the top. You know, we as business owners have a lot of power and how we run our companies. And I do believe in, um, you know, how you spend your dollar is kind of, I, I believe in that, but I also believe that it really big choices can make really big differences um, coming from the top. So we just have to continue to educate ourselves and learn about, you know, what we're doing and what we're using. Yeah. And make powerful documentaries that are just blow yeah. the companies out of the water. So, that they can, yeah. you know, leverage, leverage funds and put money into great companies like leisure. Right. So, um, so that's fantastic. So what, I guess, you know, what are the things that is leisure doing right now? Um, to, I mean, I, obviously you're kind of like, you're doing a lot of changes. It sounds like luxury across the board, uh, as far as, as far as products, but what is your kind of focus? I know that, you know, in 2020, a lot of things change. You had all these hotels that you're doing business with and then, you know, the hotel industry completely gets demolished. Uh, and then what did you guys do during that time frame? Yeah. So when we originally launched, we actually did not have a website. So we were only in hotels. That was our hundred percent passion. Um, so when 2020 came, I always wanted to supplement our hotel clients with online clients and, um, 2020 posed the perfect opportunity for that. So we built a website. We did a lot of SEO. We just worked really, really hard on that end of things. We started doing Facebook ads, um, all of that to kind of get an online clientele going, worked with influencers. So um, we've just worked really, really hard on the online presence, um, which is hard because you, like you said before, we have, you have a lot of competition online, so it's not easy. Um, and it was, it's, it's been an interesting kind of turn for us because our whole identity brand identity was in hotels and to kind of like brand yourself online when you have a hundred other 
t-shirt lines out there. It's just, it's interesting and weird and um, uncomfortable, honestly. Um, but we had to do it. So we did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did it. That's no good. Um, so as it was like, it was a, obviously a very challenging year getting all those things going. What were some of the successes that you had? I mean, every, every new transition is challenging, right? But there's always like glimmers of hope. Yeah, definitely. I mean, probably our main success this last year was probably Black Friday. We worked with a lot of influencers um, during that time and we just kind of had, we had our most sales ever for this last year on that, that weekend. Um, so that was great. But what was your uh, success around influencers? Was it like, did you send the standard thing, like send some clothes to them, they would try it on, they would like blast it out to their followers, things of that nature? Yeah, we would do gift guides for the holidays. Um, they'd also speak about it. We work a lot with sustainable influencers. So those kind of people are really interested in finding new brands. Um, but we, yeah, we did gift guides and then we'd work with work with them to um, post about us on their stories and talk about our brand. Because I think that's what gets people really involved in your brand is when they just know more about it. Right, definitely. Um, so moving forward, I guess, you know, that was 2020, uh, you know, so 2021, is, are, are hotels kind of starting to pick back up now? Or how's that whole transition going? Yes, thankfully. Um, it's been up and down. We're in hotels all the way even in Australia. Um, so it's been very interesting to see how hotels are opening and closing depending on what area of the world you're in. Yeah, China um, is completely open. They're doing great. I know, I know. <laughs> globally, I feel like we just gave all of our money to China. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and we were, we had really strong pitches for Tokyo for the Olympics a year ago, and then they postponed their Olympics. So that was frustrating, but there, it looks like it's going to happen this summer. So that's good. Um, yeah, I mean, hotels are picking up, but they're also, when hotels are hurting, the first thing to go is the minibar. Yeah. Um, and we're very aware of that. And so, it's just, we've had to also pivot um, how they sell our merchandise. It's not necessarily in the rooms anymore. It's for events like the Olympics or um, for their employees, or now we just have the shirts at the front desk if they lost their bags and they have extra clothes there for them. It's it's not necessarily something they're selling anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just um, every day is kind of a new day in what's happening. Um, and some hotels are doing really well and some aren't. So it's just kind of like a, a pick and choose kind of a thing too. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's good though. I mean, it's good that that part of the, you know, that income stream, you know, uh, is starting to come back. I mean, that's, that's mm -hmm. fantastic news. Do you have any, do you have your eyes on anything else? Like, or does your brother have any visions for, you know, um, any kind of future growth outside of hotels and, and e-commerce? Yes, we recently pitched to an airline. So that was very exciting. We've always wanted to branch out into like their, um, their first class customers. They always do like little, you know, they give them like nightgowns and it's kind of crazy what they get in, <laughs> in these like first class packages. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, like when the, no one wears that. Like get out of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so we just pitched to an airline. So that's exciting. I put it on once though for a story. You know, because I put it on and I was like, oh, look what they gave me, you know, and then I took it off immediately, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's usually cheap stuff, you know, but yeah, it's it like these feel people... good. It feels like a, like a really old, like ragged towel, you know, like it's probably that polyester just get all yep. burnt in, the, in yeah. the dryer. And so you're just like, it's all like rust. It's like gross. It's like sandpaper, you know? Like, exactly. Like, it's just 
like I'm in Lux Rodeo Hotel in like Beverly Hills. I'm feeling like I'm putting on sandpaper, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 So yeah, that's our passion is to bring luxury to those first class customers that deserve it. So um, yeah, yeah. We'll see, we'll see where that leads. We just kind of want to continue to grow our brand in a lot of different areas and we'll just kind of see what opens up for us yeah, in that realm. Um, is there anything that like, uh, anything you need right now to, to continue your success? Like, is it, you know, uh, maybe additional funding or is it different connections with different brands or, um, maybe like certain celebrities or certain influences they've been trying to reach out to maybe our listeners can help you with. Um, yeah, we're always in, in looks for influencers and celebrities. I, it's kind of crazy how much influence they have at the end of the day. Um, and also just that really helps with getting more publications, um, uh, for your brand. So we're always, um, looking for those kind of partnerships and, um, yeah. What's your structure usually? Like if it, let's say, you know, we have like a list of influencers. Is it like, okay, we send like the get box and then it's like a, like a common, like a rest, but like 20% or something like that. Sometimes, yeah, it depends. Some of them, if they're bigger, we'll do like a set fee, but we try to do a percentage of what we sell um, just because a lot of influencers have a lot of followers, but they're not um, engaged and, you know, that whole thing. So we do try to do like a percentage of what we sell. And then obviously we give them lots of free product. So. Yeah, definitely. Cool. That's always definitely, it's a, it's a great way to go, you know, and um, it seems like it, it works really well. I, Fantastic. So, so I guess 2021, it's kind of like leverage influencers, do the online e-commerce, um, getting some, maybe hopefully some new airports, uh, and then, um, you know, anything else, if people want to reach out to you, Courtney, like how do they, how do they reach out to you to be able to help you out? Oh, sure. Um, they can always reach out to us on our Instagram. It's leisure of NYC, or they can email me. I can give you my email. Um, but Instagram is a great way. Um, I pop on there every once in a while. So I'll read the messages always, um, but very approachable. So please reach out. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, if anyone, um, if you have a list, I know several influencers. I know people that have thousands of influencers, mm-hmm. right? And I'm, I'm sure that our listeners do too. So, um, you know, if you want to reach out to her, go ahead and reach out to Corny. Uh, and I just love everything about your brand. You know, it's pretty fantastic that you're able to not only be high in luxury, but also authentic. Uh, true and you know have a sustainability feature in there as well it's not just about wearing the gucci right but it's also like you know where did the gucci come from you know so um so i really appreciate everything you're doing and uh, hopefully we'll have you on a little bit later on this year and see how uh, leisure of nyc is doing so thanks so much sounds great thank you thanks for listening to the iSmart podcast show If you are a business owner with multiple streams of income or professional who would like to be on the daily program, please visit iSmartNetworks.com slash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with hashtag iSmartPodcast. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? We'll promote you and your business to our media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up? In your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. 
While you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow. That's right. Seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed 15 minutes a day. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being a part of the iSmart Podcast.